You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Imagine if presents character 101s on the Geek Elite Radio Networks. Man, this is going to be longer and longer title every time I say it. I can't wait to see the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's where we're here. We're at the very first character 101. I think uh, this is going to be a really good um, showcase. No pun intended for later because uh, of who we're talking about, but a uh, showcase of. You know, characters that are going to be new to most average watchers of uh, either the TV shows or the movies. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a neat way to connect. You know, if if you're if you're following us, and thank you, and you know, you're watching some of the programs we're watching, and you get these characters, and they're putting them out there. And I mean, it's you know, it's it's funny. And I guess in our comic book lifetime, you know, you would say something like, you know, oh. You know, Ant-Man. And people would look at you and be like, what the hell's an Ant-Man? And now, you know, Paul Rudd has been Ant-Man. And people are like, oh my god, I love him. What a cool power and all that. So it's we're definitely at a point where obscure characters are going to start making it to the bigger small screens. And so we feel it is our comic book duty to help you understand who these characters are. And that's where Character 101 comes from. I mean, it's not, I mean, not just that. Uh, as a... I don't know, it's almost like as a person who reads comic books or we uh, has read comic books, you know, or made uh, a good part of their lives about comic books. Oh, I found I just made myself sad. But, <laughs> but you know, sometimes our friends kind of look towards us to see to 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 back them up on some information of w- what's happening and what what they're seeing. So, w- why not give this service out there? I'm not trying to pump us up as like experts or anything but we do have the knowledge so why not share it i do have a degree from the escape the xavier school of uh, <laughs> gifted youngsters, <laughs> gifted youngsters. Uh, granted i got it in a wizard magazine but it still counts <laughs> hey it's just like those birth certificates with the cabbage patch dolls right yep exactly it must be true it's on paper <laughs> <laughs> okay well basically um we want your input for the most part um i mean what characters are you seeing that you you don't know about or that you want to know more about that maybe Wikipedia isn't just giving you enough information about or uh, you know you want to know what good stories there are of that particular character and you that you'd like to go and read? Yeah, something you know you want to pick our brains and find out you know hey what's so important about that character? Why do you like that character? Um, because we can give you a little bit more of a you know our perspective on that and a little bit more of a personal touch we can tell you what stories we've enjoyed of that character where uh we first met that character yeah and plus the neat thing about it is if you've seen already you know sometimes these movies or tv shows they take a story now granted in 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 productions they can only go so far so what's neat about a comic book is they have an unlimited budget so if there's a story you as a viewer discovered hey, we can hopefully help you find that same story expanded upon in comic books. And, you know, that's always great to see people go out there and read a comic book every now and then. So, 
to get us to our first character, we have a brand new show coming out on the CW that has been teased, I'm going to say, for almost a year now. Yes. Uh, only in most recently have we gotten um, bigger trailers and met the characters in the Flash and Arrow TV shows. Uh, talking about DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which will be head up by Rip Hunter, a uh, time traveler from the DC Universe. We've um, decided to be Rip Hunter as our first character 101. Now, uh, if you're watching Arrow and uh, Flash, you will see that on the team, they are going to have uh, the Hawks, Hawkman and Hawk woman or hawk girl i yeah. don't know which they decided i think they're sticking with hawk girl i believe so yeah hawkman and hawk girl uh, the atom one the of my atom. favorites um white canary white canary which is a new character just created for yeah, this uh took this a comic book name TV but, universe yeah, right put it put it to use in the the, the tv shows uh we have uh, captain cold and heat wave yep they put some villains in there give them a chance at redemption that's right uh and then uh i think i'm missing one more character. I, I feel that way too. Um, can't think of it right now. However, it's going to be an interesting team of characters that uh, you know, probably more than likely in the comics, never really teamed up together, uh, never really uh, showed an interest in each other. But or it's almost it's almost like you're. It's going to be our very first version of a Justice League. There it is. Firestorm. Firestorm. That's Firestorm who we're missing. Are missing and it's going to be the Jackson character that was just introduced in uh, the the Flash universe instead of the um, Ronnie Raymond character. Yeah, we'll still keep Professor Stein. He'll still be there. Right. Um, so that'll be the other half of the Firestorm Matrix. And I think, uh, you know, the, the, the TV show Flash has done a pretty good job of, of explaining... Or kind of explaining what Firestorm is. They haven't really used his power to the extent that you would see it in um, the, the comic books. Yeah, or, that's I mean, honestly that's a tough one to show on television, you know, because it's uh, the the elementals of it. You know, I mean, I remember as a kid, you'd you'd read the um, you'd read him in action and say like Justice League. He's never really carried his own book. He would, um, you know, you could throw like a wooden table at him and you could see him dissipated into like water, you know. And, and granted, that's an easy example. They probably could show that on TV. But I know, but, you know, with well, a television that, budget, that's going to eat up a lot. Right. And that's, and that's the, the thing. That, I mean, that's the other half of Firestorm's name is Firestorm the Nuclear Man. They don't really use that. They don't feature that part in the show. And the whole reason why Ronnie Raymond needed... Professor Stein is because Professor Stein obviously knows how to the the chemical comp, uh, compositions of these things so that he can change them. Yeah. Whereas Ronnie was kind of more of a jock and just you know uh, easy or not easy going, but or yeah, probably he's a little bit more easy going and just going with flow. Not doesn't really have the intelligence needed. Yeah, you know, to, he's just he's gonna be you know he's he's a good physical character you know and it, it's it is neat. I, I'd say that's probably one of the earliest like odd couple relationships. You know, because buddy cops are kind of relatively new in comic books, at least in that era. You know, because you always had Superman and Batman, but they were like, hey, chum. You know, so they were already on the same page. But <laughs> right. here's a group where they're like, oh, you stupid kid. <laughs> Shut up, old man. You know, so how, how neat to finally get to see that that riff in their chemistry. <laughs> but we're not talking about Firestorm today. We're talking about Rip Hunter. So... 
let's go ahead and just start. What's the history, the publication history of Rip Hunter? Okay, so if you are checking out Mr. Rip Hunter, his very first appearance was Showcase Number 20 back in June of 1959. Now, what would you say Showcase was? What kind of book was that? Well, actually, what's really exciting about that title, um, DC Comics would basically be the reason why comic books existed um, after the Golden Age, after World War II. So after World War II, everybody came home, the heroes themselves. And then we had this, um, oh, God, what's his name? The Seduction of the Innocent, that uh, Wertheim, I think. So anyways, this this guy convinced the senators to say, you know, comic books were the cause of uh, childhood violence. And so comic books had a major facelift at the time. Basically, they were romance Romance books, Western books, maybe detective books, but nothing else. And there was a the, the the Comics Code Authority was established to basically make sure comic books stayed in line. So basically, comic books got neutered. You only had Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Captain America were the four major costumed superheroes. So, anyways, DC Comics in nineteen in the fifties, probably the early fifties for sure, they uh, created a comic book called Showcase. And the first couple of issues were just showcasing new characters. That's what it was. It was, you know, Julius Schwartz, would he was an editor. He's basically the Stan Lee of the DC Comics. Right. And he would go through and say, okay, I need you to write a story about this. Or, you know, and, and back then the editors were more like they'd come up with the idea and they'd give it to the writer to expand. And so he, he would throw these ideas out there. And the biggest landmark issue is showcase number four. And that's where we get the first Barry Allen um, Barry Allen Flash, as you know from CW. So anyways, the book would continue on, and it was such a smash hit, and that is basically the birth of the Silver Age. Showcase number four, first appearance of Barry Allen. So the comic book would start to continue. Uh, we got other people from it, like Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, um, uh, John, or not John Jones, sorry, uh, but we, we, we got several other superheroes, and that led to a bunch of characters being born and created. Now, so we also had, like, uh, Challenges of the Unknown, which is kind of... Which is, I mean, you can kind of say that the Fantastic Four of the DC Universe, they were very much an adventuring group and uh, trying to uh, do different, like, it's a Fantastic Voyage kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I think we, we had this talk about comparing the Challengers and the Fantastic Four, and I think we discovered the Challengers were created first. That's right. Also by Jack Kirby, so it's kind of like he just took his idea, went to the other company, and was like, all right, let's infuse him with powers, and here we go. And obviously this is also where uh, Julie Shorts took a lot of the um, Golden Age characters and decided to give them the Silver Age update, which is where we get the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, and the Barry Allen Flash. Rafe Palmer, Gay, Adam. Right, instead of Gay Gar- Jay Garrick, uh, uh, Alan Scott, 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 and uh, Al Pratt. Al Pratt, yeah. the Adam. Yeah, so they, they definitely they, they breathed a new light into these characters, and they very much went from, you know, very much street average guys to, you know, at the time astronauts were your heroes. So these were like clean cut guys, you know, very smart people. So it makes sense why both companies, when you look at their Silver Age, why everybody was like a doctor or professor or very talented in their field of work. Right, right. So we have Rip Hunter, who was created. For uh, issue number uh, 20 of Showcase in June of 1959, like you said. And uh, what was his uh, purpose? Well, basically, he was just kind of created. He he had his, according to my sources here, we had issue 20, 21, 25, and 26. 
Um, and he was just kind of introduced. And basically, at, at first, I would say you're probably looking at him as a play on the um, the time machine. Just somebody who had a machine, went back into the past, and made a change. Not that it was anything significant, but for him, it was significant or you know caused something. Um, so they just kind of played with that idea. Um, they were just fun, goofy, Silver Age stories. No real impact. Eventually, he was granted his own comic book, Rip Hunter, and it, it lasted for 29 issues. And then he was kind of just regulated to backstory stuff. Um, he did start playing a major impact. Uh, one of his one of his bigger moments and one of the biggest moments in the DC universe, he was actually featured in Crisis on Infinite Earths. So at the time, DC Comics had multiple Earths. And, you know, like at least on TV, we see there's Earth 1 and Earth 2. They had Earth 1, 2, 3, 4, X, S, just all over the place. And it was too confusing for a brand new reader of a DC comic book. So they created a storyline called Crisis on Infinite Earths. And it basically took all these Infinite Earths, destroyed them all except for five, and then merged them all into one Earth, making a timeline. And with the purpose of time being involved, that was why they used Rip Hunter. So he gathers a group of heroes, and they travel to the the, uh, the dawn of the universe. And that's where they have the big showdown with the Anti-Monitor. So that kind of brought uh, Rip Hunter back into things. Uh, prior to that, he did travel around with a group of other heroes that were kind of, you know, just like, oh, I hadn't seen that guy in a while. And it's funny because their name is the uh, the Lost Heroes, so kind of ironic in that regard. <laughs> so anyway, so they, they help, and the Crisis on Infinite Earths is, is is a big story that streamlines the DC history, and we don't really see time, uh, Rip Hunter again until an eight-issue miniseries called Time Masters uh, back in 1990. I know I'm going to go look it up because it, it actually sounds like it might be a sneak peek to what the show is going to look it like. It definitely does because um, it, it, it featured Vandal Savage as the, their the major antagonist. Villain, yeah, yeah, the, so the villain. You see Rip Hunter traveling in time to prevent... Vandal Savage's success in the future. Now, so, Vandal Savage, this is, I mean, obviously this is not the episode where we talk about him, but he's uh, an immortal, so he's lived for a very long time. He's almost time-traveling the long oh way. Oh, my God. He's got, yeah, he's got, <laughs> I'll see you in 50 years. I don't mind. I can wait. Yes, he was He was a caveman who basically, and the story changes, I think, even does, in the latest changes, update. Yeah. Now it's a piece of... Of something from the planet Krypton, I think they're actually tying him into the Superman origins. But originally, it was just some kind of star that fell from space. He got it, and it granted him intelligence and immortality. Right. So he'd be the first uh, Cro Magnum man, Neanderthal. To he'd be the missing link, the thing that created man from Neanderthal, and yep. uh, you know, and then was then either cursed or gifted to live forever. Yeah, but he unfortunately used his powers for evil, and this guy is, they, they link him to, like, he's definitely one of the high-ranking generals in Hitler's army, you know, mm-hmm. he's always a Vandal Savage. I guess you just can't escape your namesake, <laughs> you know? If yeah, you take on the name of Savage, maybe... Yeah. Uh... Maybe if they called him, like... Jeffrey Goodness, he could have had a better chance. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Granny Goodness isn't so great. Good either. point. That's good. That's a play on the words. Uh, mediocre Mike. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's funny though. Actually, Van- one one quick thing. Uh, Vandal Savage did have his opposite number in the Immortal Man, but you know, right now it looks like we're going to go back to it. Definitely being a showdown between Rip Hunter and Vandal Savage. Right. So they don't always stick together as you know, like Superman and Lex Luthor. They sometimes get jumbled around. See, and it's funny is that. I also thought of it more as uh, as uh, Resurrection Man is his kind of 
other guy that yeah. he fights a lot. Um, well, and that's the but funny he's more thing. of a recent creation. Like I mean, yeah. within well, the like ni- late nineties. Yeah, late nineties. Well, and that's what's funny is they kind of linked the two together. At one point, they were trying to right. say that the, the the those two characters were the same guy, but you know that's the, that's the tough part about it. If you don't have a writer who sticks with it, art editor with a true focus, the characters change. And actually, that's what you'll learn a lot about Rip Hunter today in our presentation is. The character, if you go back and read his first appearance in those couple of stories and then read where he is today, almost a whole different character. Right. Like we were, we were saying you found out today is that uh, originally his character's name was Rip Hunter. That was his actual name. And then it came along later in, in, in the publications that that was his alias so that people wouldn't know his actual history. Another time traveler couldn't go back in time, kill his uh, ancestor, and then yeah. thus killing, wiping out him. Um, which is very much a Terminator thing, you know, John Connor yeah. and Sarah Connor kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely a cool little, cool little twist on the name. Because yeah, it is funny. Because you know, I often wonder, you know, R.I.P. I think rest in peace. Mm-hmm. You know, so how the heck does this name go about? Well, see, I know? think of Rip, Rip in Time. Like, Ooh, okay, I like, like that. Yeah. And I didn't think about it that way. And okay. plus, he, he's a hunter that goes through time. He's hunting it through time. But you know, you're also right. Rest in peace, kind of, uh, kind of fits for a character that. Uh, I mean, no, I all, like your explanation better. <laughs> but no, for all intents and purposes, he doesn't die because he's he's a time traveler. Time travelers, it's like look at Reverse uh, Flash. You know, Eberthon. They don't die because they all exist somewhere in time. Yeah, it's you killed him. Well, you, you cut off that branch doesn't mean the whole tree died. Yeah, right. It is. It is those pesky time travelers. You know, <laughs> the things that they go through. Now, I also get kind of a uh, uh, cable apocalypse vibe with the two of them now because you think about. Cable being a time traveler Ooh, and Apocalypse being an immortal. I like that. I didn't view that. Uh, and it's funny that you mentioned Cable because another, like, kind of going back to important storylines. So there's this Time uh, time Hunters steer. No, sorry, Time Masters uh, comic book series, you know, eight issues back in the 90s. Um, then around, gosh, when was Zero Hour? Early to Early, late? I would say 94? Yeah, actually, Somewhere I think you're about there? right. So about yeah. 94. Um, we have a comic book story done by DC Comics called Zero Hour. And again, that was the, the DC continuity was kind of getting mangled again because people are like, well, you know, I like that Superman, I like that Kal El started being Superman as a, a man. And then some people are like, well, I'm a Superboy, you know, right. things like that. So. And you know, the one lines of the, were getting blurred. One of the, the very, I don't know, to me, very iconic uh, pictures of. Uh, zero hour was the um, the Hawkman panel where you oh. saw all these different hawks and they're True, all yeah. they're all kind of responding to the same person. But you see, because Hawkman is kind of a, a story oh. that's very convoluted with this whole resurrections, being from Thanagar, being ancient Egyptian, and all these different things. But then and then eventually was it Hawk World and then uh, oh, Savage man. Hawkman and Metal Hawkman and all the kind of stuff. Yeah. But, wings that are from him, wings that are of uh, harness and. Yeah, he's an ancient Egyptian, outer space. Oh God! So that that was one of the things in Zero Hours. You see that panel where they're all he's kind of splitting apart and then also coming back together. So it it, it was a way of showing that we still need after even after Crisis on Infinite Earths, we still need to kind of bring all yeah, these we gotta clean all it up, clean it all up. Yeah, yeah I mean eighty uh, at the time, you know, sixty years of history. What do you do with it? And well, but going why I brought up that story though, I thought it was interesting because the look that Rip Hunter had looked like Cable. 
You know, he had the whole one eye, cybernetic limbs that would give him power, this white hair. I mean, he totally, if you put the two side by side, they were identical. You know? Right. So it's it's funny to see that. And, and especially, yeah, with Vandal Savage, the same thing, this, this uh you know, ancient ancestor that was the first to stand up righteously and had a cause. So yeah, I like that. That is that is a really neat parallel between those four characters. Right. I like that. That's a good tie-in. Um, but so yes, we we had Rip Hunter during Zero Hour, very cable-looking, very uh, dark-looking character and whatnot. Um, so he played a good part of Zero Hour, and Zero Hour is a fun story to read. It uh, if you're a new comic book fan, it's fun because you're going to get a big dose of history, but it's not overwhelming. Um, then the next time we see Rip Hunter, he comes along in a story called The Kingdom. And The Kingdom is a sort of kind of sequel to Kingdom Come. Right. Which if you haven't read Kingdom Come, please do so. It is a beautiful story. A lot of great philosophy in there. Uh, you're, you're not going to waste your time. For and sure. also, if you, if you look at it one way, it's kind of the uh, starting off point for a lot of the stories that people like now and justice kind of comes from there oh yeah there's some uh, good parallels yeah yeah there's um you're probably going to see some of it in the the new batman v superman movie with the the themes of of how much superman can do and can't do keep protecting the people that he loves and stuff like that yeah you know just because you have powers does it make you a good guy or a bad guy yeah right. it's, it's definitely a, a tough line to draw and yeah how far are you helping them or are you hindering them yeah lots of good stuff there um, so, anyways, the sequel. Well, it's it is a sequel, but it's not a sequel. Um, the original writer Mark Wade and the original artist Alex Ross of Kingdom Come, they they had a decent working relationship, but behind the scenes there was a lot of strife. And so, a couple years later, they wanted to come back and revisit the Kingdom Come world. So this time it was just Mark Wade. He wrote this story. It's really good, and, and Mark Wade's a fantastic writer. Check out his stuff whenever you can. And anyways, uh, Rip Hunter now, he's kind of, he's playing the radical character. You know, he's the one who's like, guys, there are multiple Earths out there. They're out there. And of course, the the other time travelers, which they've all formed a group called the Linear Men, they are like, dude, you're crazy. You know, stop. It's, <laughs> your, your cybernetic limbs are messing you up. You know, you need to stop. Don't stand in front of a microwave. And... <laughs> So finally, you know, Rip and the characters in the kingdom, they, they do show that there's an exposure to multiple Earths, and they call this Hyper Time. Hyper Time. Uh, Grant Morrison definitely had a hand in that one. <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we have, you know, all the old Silver Age stories still exist, and now all the new Elseworlds stories exist, too. Um, back in the, the Silver Age of comics, we would just, or Golden and Silver, we would have imaginary stories. You know, they would do a special issue, and they'd be like, hey, what if Superman did die and so that was neat and once crisis happened it was kind of like no if it's the main comic book this is the adventures of that character there will be no change and but people want that you know we love our you know imagine if ideas <laughs> and so you know they created elseworlds and you know one of the first elseworlds was taking batman and putting him in victorian england hunting down uh, jack the ripper so people loved those stories so you know this was a great way to take all of it and say okay it exists but on different frequencies kind of like how it used to be and we didn't really see Rip Hunter for a while after that. Um, so he was just kind of there to help once again, you know, be part of a pivotal. I guess he's just the the time machine that gets us to these points in history. Yeah, exactly. And so the next time he comes along, and this one's going to be a big one for you readers out there. Um, Jeff Johns was writing 
Um, Justice, well, I guess actually the book would have been JSA at the time. A fantastic read, a really great introduction to the vast history of the DC Universe. And, you know, it's it's like an 80-book series, but it's great. As you read each comic, you know, you learn more about a legacy. And so anyways, they, they, they played with that. So this is 2004 era. So here comes Rip Hunter, and you know he comes crashing into the Justice Society's mansion, and he's like, "All right, we got to do this. We got to go back in time to fight a villain." So they go back in time, and you know, of course, they're fighting this villain, and he's paired Dentagon, and he's this massive Nazi. You know, he's just a crazy villain. And this is all written by Jeff Johns, and this is the first time we learn that Rip Hunter is the alias that Mitch spoke of. So it's it's no longer his name; it's actually his code name. And so now you have Jeff Johns playing with the character a lot more. Um, the next big storyline was, and this is a massive comic book storyline too. It's, it's really good in comic publications. It's called 52. For a year straight, four or five writers, uh, Greg Rucka, Mark Wade, Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, and maybe another one, they all got together and wrote a weekly comic book. So every Wednesday, here's a comic book of part of a story and obviously it's 52 issues long once a week and that's the first time we really start seeing booster gold and uh, rip hunter start teaming up and booster gold is a is another time traveling character he's from the future he goes into the past but he goes into the past because his future life sucks you know he's a Being burnt a, out college football player right. and and he found and he, as as a college football player he learned that or people learned that he was throwing games because he is his father owned ad de- gambling debts and so he's very disgraced and he's working in uh was it is it the flash museum or just it, a, at a this museum? point it's like a yeah it's like a, a a heroes museum it's no longer just focused on one and so, yeah, he, you know, he starts like, oh, there's a Legion flight ring. Oh, here's a, you know, all these little things and puts together his booster gold costume and jumps in a time sphere and goes back in time. So he's a he's a hero from the future and he's come back to the past and all he wants to do is kind of be a famous hero. But that's another that's another that's another one that's another one on some other time. Yeah. So um, so anyway, so now we're we're kind of in the modern era of the Rip Hunter that you'll probably be seeing in the TV show. Um, so again, some big pivotal issues. You know, you can always go back and look at Showcase number twenty. I'm not sure where it would be reprinted. Um, if you're savvy, you could probably find an online edition somewhere. Um, there's. <laughs> yeah. the, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like the in the, the just to get back to the fifty two part, uh, fifty two and an Infinite Crisis and stuff. That's when we saw uh, Booster teaming up with uh, Rip Hunter, and you got to their kind of his book or his part of the book was. Uh, a lot where we got to see different ideas that the that the story was going to go. Yeah, because yeah. they had these blackboards or uh, oh, I forgot about yes, the, the blackboards. blackboards in the background that would be like, oh, uh, Azrael is the name of the person that's you know is is important or uh, who watches the Watchmen? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Red Lanterns? Question yeah. mark? Yeah, that's true. And oh man, if you get a chance, just Google. You know, put in DC blackboards booster gold or something and look at the images and yeah it was it was neat as a reader because there would be these these chalkboard blackboards up there and you know obviously like rip hunters writing all these crazy things down and you know there's some history to it but there's a twist and so we as the reader were like oh my god you know and and this was just something that would be in the dc universe so you're like what comic what comic do i read where do i go to find out the mystery of you know 
female Robin? You know, you're like, well, are they talking about the Dark Knight Returns? Or is there going to be a new Robin created? You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I feel bad. Uh, The chalkboards, that was... You know, between Rip Hunter's chalkboards and Beast's chalkboards, you know, those are the great <laughs> outlines for the DC and Marvel Universe. Where are things happening? Oh, gosh. So, that, I mean, they, thus where we have Rip, Rip Hunter. And you're right. I think that's going to be more of the kind of Rip Hunter we're going to be getting in this uh, TV show. Now, uh, what I mean, what would be some of the... Well, okay, what was your first introduction to, to Rip Hunter? Okay, so when did I really see him? You know, it's funny. We were, we were having a discussion before we started this... Um, and I remember reading Zero Hour. Uh, it was a big. It was probably like my first, probably like my second or third big DC team up story. And it was the art was beautiful, Dan Jurgens' art. And you know, I I did like Wave Rider, another time traveling character. I liked him. He had a unique look and he had a unique mission. But that that story storyline starts off with Wave Rider dying, doesn't it? Pretty much. Well, no, no. Actually, he lived. It was Wally who died. Because he was the one holding the Flash costume, screaming, "Not another crisis! Not another Flash!" Oh, okay. So he did survive. Um, I don't. He might have died in the story, but you know, heroes like that die and they come. And they back. come back, yeah. Um, but anyways, and it's funny because I, I remember reading it, and I guess I didn't like that would be my first exposure to Rip Hunter, but I didn't even know about it. I didn't even right, exactly. connect who the character was. Um, he was around during the death of Superman. There was a great book called The Legacy of Superman, and. It deals with Wave Rider getting angry that Superman's dead. He goes back in time, and he tries to prevent the death of Superman. And Rip Hunter talks him out of it. He's like, look, it has to be this way. Beautiful story. Um, and I just thought, wow, what a what a character. I mean, this is a guy who it's like, I mean, you know, imagine if you could go back and prevent the assassination of John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, any famous hero, Abraham Lincoln. And yet, you know, would you, could you? Or most importantly, should, should you? you? Right. And I just thought, wow, that was cool. Um, then, luckily, I was I was reading JSA, Justice Society of America, when Johns was writing it, and you know, Rip Hunter came into the scene, you know, and I just remember he had this kind of like red and green costume, he had this bushy beard, and you know, he's like, my name's Rip Hunter, but that's not my name, and you know, he takes the JSA on this awesome adventure, and you know, luckily, I managed to be exposed to the current Rip Hunter that we have. Um, you know, following his adventures and exploits going into New 52. And then I really started liking him as a character when he was in the Booster Gold book. And I thought it was neat because Jeff John started the book and then he had to leave because, you know, the guy was writing so many books and he was he's big behind the scenes of DC Comics. He's actually their CCO, Chief Creative Officer. So he's responsible for the integrity of the characters. Um, and... They had uh, the the book kind of was getting tossed around. It was good, but it didn't really have that creative influence that it needed. So, luckily, Dan Jurgens came back mm-hmm. and the creator of Booster Gold, and he brought Rip Hunter along. And I don't know if maybe he got fired up by John's work, or the editor told him to do it, or he, he himself was just I got an idea. But they had a great connection, and I'm not going to spoil it here because I want you to read those books. But they had a great connection between Rip Hunter and Booster Gold, and it still resonates even all the way up to DC's latest. Uh, big universe-shaking event, Convergence. Which was another thing I was going to bring up. Uh, as New 52 as a event, you know, went, uh, other than maybe Batman and uh, the Green Lanterns, it kind of erased a lot of history for a lot of people, except for 
you know, Rip Hunter and and uh, Booster Gold, their their storyline from before New 50, or Flashpoint kind of still existed. Well, you know what's crazy about that, um, especially when it comes to Booster Gold, we have two Booster Golds. We have the Booster Gold that was from post crisis to New Fifty Two, the one that most of us are familiar with. He survived the jump, mm-hmm. and there's the Booster Gold that appeared in Justice League International Volume Two during the New Fifty Two, and he's a brand new character. Right. I mean, it's still that character, but it's a brand new version of. Him. So that was cool. That yeah, he he made the jump. He's aware of what happened. Um, and if you read Convergence, there's a two-issue Booster Gold series. Um, and that that alone is worth a read. Uh, Booster Gold number one and two, it's got a big Convergence header on there. They're probably still out on the stands. You can get them for cheap. And it's it's great because that does a lot of explaining on Booster Gold and Rip Hunter. And it you know it gives the secret, the spoiler that I'm not going to share. <laughs> but it gives that, and it's, it's a really neat play. And so, yeah, I guess... Um, Long, long answer, um, but the, the legacy of Superman was the first time I kind of came to connect the character to his name, and the legacy of Superman story, it was it was great. Uh, how about you? When when were you first exposed? Uh, well, to it? It, 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 I find that we might uh, suffer from the same thing when when we do these because uh, we read comic books around the same time. You have gone and gone further into the past when you when you've. Uh, Started reading comic books. Where I guess I, I, I took the Rip Hunter tour guide of the DC <laughs> comics, true. and Marvel comics. So uh, Zero Hour was my first introduction to him, and and it was, I mean, for a, a book that was about time travel, uh, you know, him and the Linear Men didn't come into. I mean, they they were there, but they weren't as big of uh, like part of it as I think they should have been. I mean, they show up at the beginning and they show up at the end, and that's kind of what makes sense because they're going to be the ones that. That have the most information about it this time time crisis kind of thing, uh, so I just remember him being with the female time traveler and then uh, Wave Rider and I think there was one other person part of the Linear Men but I'm not sure there, uh, Matt Rider which is funny because Matt Rider is Wave Rider you're right it was his secret identity version of, so there's like yeah two two, two version. versions of the dude <laughs> and you know and the Linear Men they were they were kind of they were well they were like the they were the cops of time travel. They were kind of, they're preventing you from doing the fun stuff. You know? like, no, you can't do that. Oh, come on. Let me get that wedgie in. Let me make that bully suffer, you know, something like that. And, yeah. So that, that would have been my first um, introduction. And I was reading JSA when he uh, became part of that story. But then I think the biggest, uh, you know, next part of the time that I would remember him being impactful would be uh, 52 in uh, Infinite Crisis. So, uh you know that was that was my big. I am uh, very interested in in what they're going to do with this uh, TV show version of him, which is being um, played by uh, what's his name? Rory? No, it's not Rory. Rory. Rory was the name of his character that he played in Doctor Who. <laughs> so uh, that's it's um, Arthur Darvel is the actor that's playing him, and uh, they're very much doing this. Very, I mean, just from the, what the trailer looks like, he's kind. He's kind of a. Uh, uh, Captain Mal from Firefly look. He's got this like kind of western hero, like cowboy hero that's uh, a lone gunslinger and going, uh, you know, from time to time. And he's now he's recruiting these legends to uh, battle Vandal Savage. Yeah, it is funny. The, especially, I'm glad you mentioned the look because most of the time he always looked like a spaceman or somebody who just escaped 
from the post-apocalyptic future. Very much, uh, God, what's John Connor's dad? Um, oh, uh, um, also, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reese. Reese, yes. He looks just Power like Reese. Reese. You know, they they have that stubble, and, you know, it's like I'm wearing this wife beater shirt and blue jeans, and, you know, that's I'm running around in that, you know. So it's funny how, he, you know, he's very either or scientific sci-fi look or – you know, I just barely escaped the apocalypse. <laughs> but in this one, yeah, he's got this, you know, this whole... I, I guess... He, I'm, I'm guessing the actor's British? Yes. Okay, so he, he does have a British look to him. Right. You know, he's, he's smoking, he's got the long coat, like you said, the Western look to it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting, you know, as he just kind of, you know, like being a little bit... Taking some steampunk here, you know, it's like, well, I like that air, so I'll wear this, and I like that air, so I'll wear that, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting look. And even the, the British aspect, I mean... Not that it should matter, but it is interesting because he's always kind of portrayed, you know, maybe like a Midwestern guy. Well, I mean, and now he's going to have this, so it's like, well, is it like I guess for me, I'll be curious: is the British accent fake? Like, even though the actor's British, but is that for the character's sake? Like, will they be like, oh, you know, let me give this this fake accent so people will think to look for me here when I'm not? I, maybe that's something the producers could be playing with, or you know, who, maybe it's just it could be. It, no, it yeah, matter, you're right. You know? It could be. It'd be something that they're that if he, he wants to keep his origins or his descendants in or his ancestors in uh you know mystery it could be a thing that that the rip hunter does but if you think about it like he's a comic book character we don't really that's true i never heard his you voice. never heard his voice <laughs> he, he could have been speaking but you know they tend writers tend to write in accents also so yeah. you you can hear you can hear gambit's cajun accent when he's in his word bubbles you can if you read constantine you're very well <laughs> and bloody you're like oh that, he's british that one word of bloody <laughs> exactly but yeah so it, it it could be it's interesting to to think that well, where they're going to go with if they're going to have some type of explanation with that uh so, it, it, I'm very excited for this TV show. I think that um, the fact that they... It's almost... <laughs> it almost seemed like um, the character that Katie Lotz plays, who is Sarah Lance, who's going to be the White Canary, you know, she was kind of the... She is the first Black Canary for this TV universe because the Black Canary that we know for the comic books started off as a Golden Age character, yep. was... Uh, Dinah Lance? Yeah. Dinah, I would say that's how you pronounce it. Or Laurel. It. No, because it was Dinah Lance, and then Dinah, Dinah, Dinah Laurel Lance is what is, helped to make... Right, the Silver Age yeah, become... The, the, the blur line between it. So, uh, yeah, uh, we had Laurel Lance in the TV show first. We knew that sister, and we knew, uh, you know, as comic book readers, we knew, oh, she's going to eventually become Black Canary. But then a Black Canary shows up in the TV show, and it's not Laurel. It's the sister character of Sarah that we... Never really heard. We'd never heard of before. She in the has sisters, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it was usually the 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 heroineness of it was a mother daughter. Right. It was the mother who started it, and then her daughter picked up the legacy. Kind of um, like uh, was it Silk Spectre in the Watchmen? If you yeah. think about that that character. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, when you when she shows up, and then she eventually dies, the mantle gets passed on to to Laurel in the TV show. Um, it almost felt like they, you know, they kind of lost a really good character. So, bringing her, resurrecting her with a Lazarus pit is what they ended up doing. Uh, spoilers if people haven't gotten to that point, but you really <laughs> shouldn't be listening to this if if you haven't. Uh, they needed a place for her to go, and now they have a, a show, a show where uh, you know she can exist, time traveling. You know what I mean? So it's it's. 
I, I mean, I don't think that they solely created the show for Katie Lotz, but it's it's a very good vehicle for her character. Well, it's great because, uh, I guess to, to share with you, my excitement for the show is I feel like this is like, this is TV Justice League. You know, like, it they're not going to call is. it that, but it is. It's, you know, and it's neat. And uh, for me, like, my, my point of view character, the character I'm watching for, the Atom. Uh, I like Ray Palmer. Um, it's funny because another one of my favorite characters is Blue Beetle, which is who the Atom should be. So it's funny because it's like I'm watching an amalgam of the two. Yeah, but, if, you watch, if you watch the the Arrow TV show and you, you, you see uh, Brandon Rouse Atom character Ray Ray Palmer's uh, scientist he's very much booster or not booster gold but uh, blue beetle and uh, as you said before uh, blue beetle was the character that they were originally going to create but they decided to go with the atom because if you believe in the hype they wanted to create the character that shrinks before and get him on screen before marvel got out their shrinking character on screen yeah yeah so battle of the battle of the tiny titans you know? yeah how are they going to expose it first? Um, but no, I, I just think it's neat. And I like, I, to me, Vandal Savage. Um, we were having a discussion here. See, with the Marvel Universe, they've got, they've got good villains. Um, and it's interesting because it's like, take Doctor Doom, for example. You know, he started off as a Fantastic Four villain. But I mean, that guy can hold his own against the Avengers. Hell, the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And he's not, you know, crazy powered you know he's not a thanos where you know like i'm cosmically enhanced you know he's not a, not a enforcer or galactus you know with these these amazing god-like or space-like powers he's just a man with a crazy ego and now yes vandal savage you know he does have the immortality but it's not like he has super strength or anything else he's just you know a guy who's you know, enhanced his body and, and learned things. Well, see, you know, that, being around. For I a think while. that's where you, you where you hit on it right there is that he's learned things. He's lived for so long. He's he's learned everything. Everything that uh, he knows what you're going to do because he's seen. Yeah, he's seen every permutation of that. Out exactly. There. So it's like yeah, because there's only 63 different personality types. And he's like, oh, I fought you before. I remember you. I remember how I lost, so I won't do that. Yeah, and I think that's great. Like his 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 powers are his mind and his ego. Right, and those are you know if if put into a bad situation, they can be very disastrous. Um, you know, because like look at Superman. You know, it's like well, why aren't Bizarro and and uh, you know, uh, brain or Bizarro or or uh, gosh, a Parasite? Why aren't they used? You know, they've got the superpowers. Why does it always come back to Luther? Because of those two things. You know, you can't outpunch an ego, uh, a villainous mind. You know, so that's why I'm excited to see what Vandal Savage is going to do. And, you know, I'm I'm happy that they chose Rip Hunter. It's like, okay, hey, here's this character. And, you know, he's going to bring in some insights. And plus, you know, at the time, those chalkboards were really exciting. I mean, you know, we would meet and talk about those. So I hope the TV show, if they're, you know, please steal this idea. I know it's too late because it's coming soon, but... Have the chalkboards there. I think that would be great, you know, like I all think, of a sudden in the background, you know, like just, you could just imagine if they wrote Dawn of Justice on one of those chalkboards. <laughs> oh, my God. Every fan would just be squeeing with well, joy. I think that the fact that, um, that since the beginning of, of the Flash TV show, they have hinted at a crisis on Infinite Earths. True. Like, they have constantly with this uh, newspaper clipping from the future, but talking about, you know, uh, crisis. So if... They want to keep with that with a uh, 
Rip Hunter having a home base at Vanishing Point, or uh, obviously they they from the previews you can see they've kind of dropped the time sphere and he's got a whole time ship because there's so many of them. I don't think they wanted to shove them all inside of a crystal ball. Yeah. Well, it gives it it's it's a better studio enhancement, yeah, right? Cause... Exactly. So if, if they were to you know drop little like little hints of of storylines they have for the future TV shows. And if they said Dawn of Justice, that could be hints that oh, eventually some of these movie stuff could spill over because DC is known for having True. these multiple universes where the, they meet up. Yeah, because I mean, like I know a lot of us were kind of like Marvel did that, and everybody thinks it's really cool, and it is. It is really cool. Like, hey, Agents of Shield takes place in the cinematic universe. Right. Uh, Daredevil and the Netflix stuff takes place in the cinematic universe. It's like that's so awesome. You know, and DC when they kind of said no, you know, there's there's going to be two flashes, they're different, they're the same Barry Allen, but they're different. Kind of broke some hearts, you know. It's like ah, oh, but you're right. DC is known for the multiverse. They were the first ones to play with that idea, parallel Earths, and you know, it's funny because Marvel used to make fun of DC for that, being like, oh, you know, you you're you're so convoluted. Well, look at them. You know, it's like we have Spider Man. Who am I talking about? Peter Parker or Miles Morales, you know, or uh, Jamie, you know. not Jamie Reyes, but whoever the good dude from 2099 is. Yeah, Miguel O'Hara. Yeah, Miguel you know, it's O'Hara. Like, thank you. Yeah, which one are we talking about? You know, hell, we could even sneak in some Ben Riley with some clone action. There you go. And it's like, yeah, you guys, you know, once once you hit 50 years of publication, it's gonna get hairy. I think uh, what is you know they have uh, anniversary themes. You know, it's like <laughs> what's the fiftieth? It's it's golden because it's gonna be crazy <laughs> to keep it organized. You know, and, and you know the, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen this recently, but the they've I guess there's been hints at or you know rumors at that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Infinity Wars movie uh, that's going to be coming is going to have the Netflix characters and the. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters and the movie characters all in this movie. Yes, yeah, the big 67, right? 63, like 63 67, 67, yeah. yeah like, I, I've heard about that. I mean, I'm excited because, you know, I'm a Daredevil fan, so it's like, all right, that'll 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 be cool to see, you know, Daredevil and Captain America side by side. Um, I, I hope that it's true. I, I would love to see that. Of course, I love big characters. You know, I mean, this is George Perez. He is a comic book artist. His influence, and you know, anytime I think of Heroes Gathering, it's I just see them in George Perez art style, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. You know, I think it's every comic book fan's duty to immediately start naming. You know, like, yeah, how many exactly. can I name? You know, <laughs> and and so it's like ah, I'm excited for that, and you know, I, I hope Legends of Tomorrow is definitely DC's start by taking a group of heroes and giving them a purpose. You know, and Time travel's always fun, so it'll be interesting. Like, okay, where are they going to go with this? You know, like, will they go... Because I guess, like, there's been a, there's been some showing of, like, a 70s bar fight or something like that. So, yeah. You know, that's going to be cool. It's like, all right, you know, here's a, here's a little here's a little jab at Days of Future Past, you know. <laughs> and we got our own 70s action bit. And, you know, will they go further? Will they go into the West? Will they go into the future? I wouldn't know, doubt it. I mean, like I don't that. see why they wouldn't... Uh, if you have a time travel show... Why not go to all these different points in time, you know, that are iconic? You know, yeah. the, the Old West is iconic. The uh, Whitechapel, you know, Jack R- Jack the Ripper era of, of London, you know. Yeah. You know, eventually if they can, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe they go to dinosaur areas. We see, we see some, uh, you know, CGI oh, dinosaurs. Could you imagine? I mean, because you looked, if you remember in The Flash, they had uh, King Shark, and that thing looked amazing. They had right? Gorilla yeah. Grodd. 
You know, they could. They obviously are getting money because these shows are getting ratings. So who's to say we don't see a T Rex? That's true, and and it'd be neat because, and I think that could be plausible because again, Vandal Savage is a well, caveman. But they've they've gotten rid of that because in his fla- in the Flash, the Flash Arrow crossover episodes where uh, they they introduce the Hawks, uh, his story, Vandal Savage's story, is intertwined with the Hawks. So. When in ancient Egypt, when the Hawks kind of uh, got their nth metal powers or right. their wings, I guess now because now they just kind of the wings kind of pop out instead of being harnesses. Uh, I did he, see that. Yeah, that's right. He is the sorcerer that uh, was also that felt like he was also shafted. So they got this uh, thing where they have the two of them are reincarnated over and over and have to find each other. He got. This curse, so that he'd have to live forever, and then he's also he also has to kill them every time they are reincarnated. Wow! So he, but but it also included the the meteor that struck him because the meteor plus his magic, uh, the meteor struck right when he was casting the spell, and it all kind of converged at once. So they included some of his his origin, but then they also threw it in with the Hawks origin. That's not okay, I like that though. I still I think that's that's neat because again it now it gives the purpose for the Hawks being there. Right. You know, so I guess kinda going back to I think what's gonna be neat about season one, going back to Rip Hunter, who is he? You know, who is AKA Rip Hunter? Um why did he gather this specific group of heroes? Because it's interesting. I, I know you, you're, you're a bigger fan of villains, so it's you know, like, why is Captain Cold there? Why is Heat Wave there? You know, that's that's going to be exciting I'm, to see. I am definitely interested to see what they decide because the the trailer line that is kind of infamous now is that uh, you know Captain Cold says we're not heroes, and he goes, "Well, Red Hunter says, well, none of you are heroes from where I'm from. In the future, you're all legends. Yeah. So it's kind of like." I, I get it. I get what he's saying, but why did you pick Captain Cold and Heatwave? Which Captain Cold in the Flash TV show now they are they are definitely steering him more towards a uh, lovable hero or lovable villain. You know, lovable yeah, rogue, a redemptive rogue. Yeah, because yeah. he he doesn't he doesn't want to hurt anybody, but he likes to steal. You know. Yeah. And, he helps out the Flash when he can, and we're even seeing that in the comics right now. He's currently a member of the Justice League of America, which is so strange. It is. Well, I think it's it's funny because he's got these little moments where he's like, "Hey, is that Wonder Woman?" You know, or he'll be walking by with the Flash. He's like, "Hey, tell Wonder Woman I said hi." You know, so he's harboring this little crush on Wonder Woman. You know, I think she knows about. It. She thinks it's cute. You know, so poor guy. He's gonna get his heart crushed, and that's why he'll go back to being a villain. No. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, it, it and. Uh, Maybe this is DC's way of kind of like saying we can do the same thing Marvel does because Marvel loves to have the the villain become part of the team. Oh yeah, look at Magneto, uh, true Sandman. Uh, you know, very from what you, just what you're saying of, of Captain Cold reminds me of Irredeemable Ant Man, which was yeah. Eric Grady. You know, he's very much a reluctant hero. You know, it's like I'll do the right thing, but in between then and now, I'm gonna have some fun. I'm a little bit of a scumbag. Yeah. I don't mind watching girls in the shower without them knowing. That's the character, not me, folks. Okay, sure. I like to get permission. Um, so yes, definitely a great character, Jack Miller and Ruben Moriera's creation. Uh, showcase number twenty back in uh, June of 1959. Um, so uh, if you want to do some reading between now and the show's premiere, um, my recommendations, I would say, um, you know, if you could get a chance to read Showcase number 20, it's always good to read their very first appearance. 
Um, I would look into this 1990s miniseries called The Time Masters. It's an eight-issue book uh, put out by DC Comics. I think they did a collection of it in trade paperback, so that would definitely be the easier way to find it. And... um, Again, for me, I, I, I would I would toss in, I would go, Time Master, sorry, the Time Master's book. Um, and I would look for a book, it was called The Legacy of Superman. It's a it's a thicker comic book. It, it was right around the time of the death of Superman. It has a great moment of Rip Hunter explaining why we should do what we do. Mitch, you want to toss out some recommendations? I think, I think the only thing else that you, I mean, if you really, I mean... Definitely go check Zero Hour just because that was a big part of DC history, uh, especially to get the heroes that we have, well, at least before New 52, but they kind of still carry over. And then if you can, go and find, uh, you know, the first uh, story arcs of Booster Gold from the pages of 52. Yes. Which was uh, the Jeff Johns book that we were talking about that eventually came up with Dan Jurgens. Yeah, definitely. That alone is worth its read. Um, you know, it gives a reason for Rip Hunter to celebrate Father's Day, hinting at that spoiler. Um, and then, of course, if it's still out there in the newsstands, and if you want to get some exposure, uh, Booster Gold Convergence. Uh, again, it's got some great moments. I mean, Rip Hunter's not the main character in that one, but he is definitely a great supporting character, and you'll see why. And actually, to cross-promote, DC Comics is making a tie-in comic book. Let me see if I can get this here. For Legends of Tomorrow? Yes. Really? Um, okay, If yes. Here we go. Uh, DC Comics is announcing Legends of Tomorrow. It's an anthology series. And the characters that will be featured in that one, we are looking at... Firestorm, who is going to definitely be a, a part of the of the show, um, but we're also getting some bonuses here. Metamorpho, I don't believe he's been shown in any wow. of the CD stuff. Uh, Metal Men, another group of characters from the Silver Age of DC, they're going to start getting some love there. And you know, here's the shocking twist of all: Sugar and Spike. Um, very much, they again, comic books have been around for a really long time. <laughs> Uh, and they've gone through a lot of iterations. When superhero comics were the thing, they, they made superheroes. When they, you know, when detective comics were a thing, or when horror mo- horror comics were a thing, each time yep. DC Comics, you know, would and all kind publishers of, would follow oh, yeah, the trends. Exactly, yeah. would follow the trends. When, when it was the fifties and westerns were big, everything was western. We get things like Jonah Hex, right? Yep, exactly. So they they found their way. So Sugar and Spike, they were just these. Little orphan Annie wannabes, basically. You know, when that was big, they they had that. So we've got Jerry Conaway uh, writing Firestorm, Len Wein handling Metal Men, Aaron Lopestri uh, with Metamorpho, and Keith Giffen dealing with Sugar and Spike. That's interesting because so, Metamorpho is one of my favorite characters that doesn't really get a lot of the the play that or or the the FaceTime or whatever you want to say. You know, he doesn't get a lot of spotlight anymore. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting because yeah, if they're bookmarking that all under a book called Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, it's. I would say it's definitely. I don't know if it'll stay ongoing, but it's going to be for sure six to eight issues. So that'll that'll be out March 9th. Check your comic book stores. Check your online dealers. And it's a big eighty page book, so you're going to get your your bucks worth. And so yeah, it's right under the Legends of Tomorrow. Um, sadly, no mention of Rip Hunter, but who knows? Maybe with Firestorm, that could be you know the big book that pulls the characters in. Um. So right now, if you want to get your Rip Hunter fix, it's it's going to be rough. Uh, there, there's not much to follow with, but I'm pretty sure once we see Legends of Tomorrow, once those ratings come in, I'm sure they'll be very positive. There will definitely be a Rip Hunter book, a solo book, or team book for sure. So that's I think that's going to 
close it out for our first uh, Characters 101, we have the story and times of Rip Hunter. Uh, what did you like? What did you think about it? What did you like about it? What did you, what do you think we should add? There are there stories that you think that we should try and focus on when we're talking about these different characters? Are there certain aspects? Do you want to know their uh, measurements? I, for some odd reason, you want to make clothing or something <laughs> for the cosplayers out there. Does this character fit your mold? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear it. Uh, my personal Twitter is at, at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Uh, you can find. Uh, Franey also on uh, Twitter. He, he's gonna go and he's looking for the the name right now. At stuff I should say, uh, S T U F F capital I S H U D capital S A Y. So that's me on the Twitters. Uh, definitely check us out on Facebook. I know I, I lurk there a lot more. Um, you know, check out Geek Elite, and then you'll you'll catch all of us posting on there as much as we can. And that's right. We know. got because we have a, at Geek Elite on, or at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. Geek Elite Radio on Facebook is where most of the, uh, the conversation usually happens for us. Um, we have uh, our very loyal followers, and we love to hear hear from more people, and especially what they are looking forward to with these TV shows, movies, uh, and what characters they don't quite know about. So. Uh, you know, drop us a line and, and give us some more information. And then there's geeklyradio.com is our website. Yeah, definitely. We, we, you know, if there's a character you want to know about, tell us and we will do the research and share with you and give them their spotlight. That's right. So uh, this has been Imagine If Presents Characters 101 on the Geekly Radio Network. Until next time, geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.